G'day guys, welcome back to the No Name Podcast. My name is Ross Katzenbarnas. I'll keep it short and sweet today. Um, my mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs have just been knocked off by the Melbourne Storm in a really frustrating game because uh, the Bunnies uh, could have got there, but uh, we just couldn't hold the ball and didn't have any ball security, which is a bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, maybe one day I'll take my grandkids to see a Melbourne Storm South Sydney game in Melbourne and maybe... Um, Maybe maybe the bunnies might win by then, uh, but I, I, I don't know. It's never won in Melbourne. It kind of shits me. But um, today's the fifth of June. It's a Friday, so happy Friday to everyone out there. Hope everyone's uh, being responsible uh, in preparation for the long weekend. Not doing anything stupid. Um, just staying safe as as much as it is. Um, and and yeah, just uh, keeping safe out there. Going with a few things. Uh, on this day, um, so on this day uh, in 1944 is actually D-Day. So the 5th of June is, is known as D-Day, um, where the British troops touched down on French soil to prepare for the, uh, the D-Day invasion. So um, the Normandy landings, I think, are a massive part of uh, history, I think. Uh, you'll find that, I think there were, there were a few movies made about it um, as well, but... Um, yeah, the D-Day landings occurred on this day in 1944. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting day. So, on this day in 1966, 54 years ago today, uh, Tony Broach, the great Australian tennis player and tennis coach, wins his first and only Grand Slam by beating Istvan uh, uh, Gulies uh, of Hungary, 61646. Uh, seven five, sorry, at the French Open. Um, so well done to Tony Roach. He's a uh, very good man. Um, on this day in 1968, Robert uh, Robert F. Kennedy is running for president. Uh, he is he's wounded. He's shot five times. Uh, and uh, at the Ambassador Hotel in L.A., California, uh, and unfortunately dies the next day. Um, so it ends a rather tumultuous period for the Kennedy family where two of them have been assassinated, which is just terrible. Uh, just terrible indeed. I must say, living in Australia, it's good that uh, we don't have any political assassinations or uh, anything of that kind. I just think it's absolutely terrible when it happens. It's just not, not, very, uh, not very nice at all. 1977 on this day, Guillermo Villas uh, wins his first career Grand Slam at the French Open. Six love, six three, six love over... Uh, the American and Brian Gottfried. So I don't know if um, God Brian Gottfried just didn't rock up that day or what happened. But yeah, Guillermo Villas. Um, good on him uh, for getting the win there. And on this day, 1983, Yannick Noah, the uh, the the father of Joachim Noah, uh, the the NBA player for a while there with Chicago Bulls, wins his only Grand Slam singles title. At the French opening, it's Mats Verlander, 627576. Our Frenchman wins at Roland Garros. Uh, I guess that, that would have been that would have had a pretty big party there. And on this day, 1988, uh, Mats Verlander actually turns it around and beats on really comp 756261 in straight sets uh, to win his third French Open title. Mats Verlander, he won a couple of Australian Opens as well. He's a very handy tennis player, was he? Um, so so good on. Good on Mats Verlander uh, as well. 
on this day, 1998, this Truman Show uh, starring Jim Carrey is released. I remember having to watch it at school. Don't know why. It's one of the weirdest, kookiest movies I've ever seen. Don't recommend watching it. Uh, it doesn't... Yeah, it's not... It's, it's not a very memorable movie, that's for sure. Or at least I didn't think so. Uh, uh, and on this day in 2016, uh, it was actually uh, the French Open final as well. Novak Djokovic uh, wins his first ever uh, French Open, sort of career, career, uh, completing his career Grand Slams um, by beating Andy Murray 3-6, uh, 6-1, and that was his first French Open. For, for Novak, uh, Clay hasn't really been his strong suit, and I guess he got got an EU and a Dahl and, and Federer won it there, so he, he eventually ended up beating Andy Murray. Uh, on this day in 2018, the evil, evil man Harvey Weinstein pleads not guilty to rape and sexual assault charges in a New York court. Um, you'd find very few shitter people on this earth um, than that man, that's for sure. He's an absolute turd, so... Uh, may he rot in jail for, for his awful, awful crimes and atrocities and, and the things that he did. Um, he's an absolute flog and um, just sickens me. Um, and on this day, in 2018, just reading here that Floyd Mayweather Jr. was listed as the top earning sportsman by Forbes in 2017 with a uh, cool 285 US million dollars uh, earned in that year. So, phew. Uh, good money if you can get it, I guess. Uh, that's, that's the only way I can put it. Um, I'd love to have to, you know, I think most people would love to make that in their lives or maybe in a few generations he made it in a year. So, so good on Floyd Mayweather, that's for sure. Finish us off tonight with a few, uh, few, few games that Collingwood have played on this day. So the last three matches. So Collingwood hasn't played a lot in the 5th of June for some re weird reason. Don't know exactly why. Um... The last game that Collingwood played on the fifth of June, sorry, was uh, was actually is actually in two thousand and sixteen against Port Adelaide, uh, and in this game, I uh, can't remember actually being in that game. I'm glad I didn't go to that game uh, because Collingwood low uh, was uh, down at every change and ended up losing by sixty seven points. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, hmm. I mean, I look at it and I think, yeah, geez, there's uh, some players in here that probably weren't, uh, probably weren't the world's greatest players. Guys like, uh, I think Matthew Goodyear, who played two games at Collingwood, both for losses, both in 2016. He was in the, he was in the side. Guys like, uh, trying to go else is, uh, who else is here? There's been some relatively ordinary uh, footballers, just to put it lightly that were playing that day um young guys as well like ben crocker he would have been his first year uh josh smith alan tuvi at the end of his career as well jesse white jeez jesse white was playing as late as 2017 oh, jeez he was on collins this in 2017 jeez yeah well i'm kind of glad that uh yeah kind of glad that yeah, uh, he's not playing at Collingwood now because he gave his all and everything. Good on him, but yeah, he wasn't wasn't the um wasn't, wasn't the world's greatest player. Uh, let's put it that way. So I'm glad that uh, that Collingwood kind of has the uh, the players that we do now rather than than the players that we did. That's for sure. Um, just having a look at a few of 
few of uh, a few of the other players that day. Um, anyone coming with a good game? No, not that I can really see. Um, Big Coxie kicked two goals and had 13 hitouts. Grundy had 18 and 25 hitouts. Sideboard had 20 and kicked two goals. Uh, Pendlebury had 30 and kicked a goal. Uh, yeah, I can't really can't really say many good things about it. Jack Frost was playing as well. I didn't know Jack Frost was sort of Collingwood in 2016. Time flies a bit, but uh, yeah, unfortunately that was uh, not Collingwood's one of great greatest games I think. Uh, and that game Collingwood was torn up by Aaron Young. He kicked four for Port. Chad Wingard had three. Uh, Jakey Need, little Jakey Need, Jake the Snake. He had a. Uh, he kicked a uh, he kicked four as well, so it was a real day out for the Port Boys. Uh, and the stats here: um, the number one possession getter for Port Adelaide with twenty seven disposals was Justin Westhoff of all players. So yeah, I mean, oof. I think that would have been one of those games. I just look at the yeah, okay, well, we didn't play very well. Move on, <laughs> move on pretty quickly from that. Uh, the next, the last game we played after that was 34 years before that, in 1982. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, 1982 played at Victoria Park against St Kilda, of all sides. So it's a crowd of 25,000 at that game. Uh, Collingwood won by 36 points, led at every change, led by 10 goals, exactly 10 goals flat at three-quarter time, uh, and managed to let St Kilda kick eight goals. Eight goals to four in the last quarter to get it back to 36 points. Um, but the score that day, 26-16, 172 versus 21-10, 136. Now today, there would have been a few flags. Like you don't, you don't say their scores. You barely see 100. And, you know, you'd be. There are some games you, you're lucky to see both sides kick 172 points in total um, or 26 goals. So it's uh, it's interesting to to note there. Uh, but yeah, that was that was basically the, uh, the the way the cookie crumbled that day for Collingwood. Um, just having a look here, as well at some of the uh, some of the uh, some of the statistics that day. Players for Collingwood that played well. Jeez, there's some there's some uh, there's some there's some real blasts from the past here. Guys like Murray Brown, who was a uh, his son Alex Brown played at Essendon for a little while. Graham, Gabby Allen, Dennis Banks, Ricky Barham, Peter Dacos, he had a day out that day, 32 and kicked two goals for Dakes. Uh, Craig Davis, he's Nick Davis's father, that was his, might have been his, yeah, it was second last year at Collingwood. Craig Davis manages to kick, uh, he manages to kick two goals and 21 touches. Rene Kink has 27 touches. Now listen to this, guys. I reckon this must be some sort of record. He has, th he kicks Three goals, seven. Does the big incredible Hulk? He's uh, bad kicking. They talk about bad kicking being bad football. Uh, that was basically Renee right there. So I couldn't uh, couldn't put it any other way. That's pretty shit, <laughs> um, especially from from a key forward like he or he's sort of more half forward flanker. Um, but it's interesting to note uh, West Fellows has thirty hitouts for coming with that day. Just going to note former. Uh, a former Brownlow medalist, Graham Teasdale, who played at Richmond, then at South Melbourne, where he won his Brownlow medal in 1977. Uh, he actually played that day on... He, he played that day up forward. Uh, he played a season in a bit at Collingwood. His knees were absolutely shot by then, from what all I've heard. 
uh, and he kicked six goals with one and had 12 hitouts from 13 disposals. Choco Williams, Mark Williams, kicked two goals from 18 touches. Wally Lovett, uh, he solitary year at Collingwood, he actually kicked two goals, two from 12 touches. Now, Wally Lovett was the first player. So, I mean, this is 1982, so the club had been around in 90 years. Collingwood literally had not had a single Indigenous player until Wally Lovett, Lovett came along um, and played. He played that one year at Collingwood. Then the next year he went to Richmond um, and played there for a couple of years. So I think probably uh, the fact that most of Collingwood's fans were genuinely racist, um, just to basically put it as bluntly as possible, was probably one of the reasons why, unfortunately, there weren't uh, more Indigenous players at uh, that time that wanted to come to play league football, but especially at Collingwood, I, I think that probably would have been the most, uh, the most, most sort of tribal uh, and, and sort of threatening or uncomfortable place for an Indigenous player to play at the time. Uh, other players that I'm looking for that day, Craig Stewart, uh, his son James has played at GWS and now at Essendon, he kicked three goals, one that day as well. Um, so some... Collingwood actually still had a good side, even though in 1982, Collingwood literally, I think this might have been Collingwood's second win for the year. Uh, we were pretty shit in 1982. Uh, we went out, I think we, or Tommy Hafey got sacked. Um, but yeah, that was the second win in 82, uh, which is interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, St Kilda were pretty rubbish back then as well from, from all I've heard. Um, Trevor Barker, he was playing for them. Jeff Cunningham, he was a decent player. Um, but yeah, they didn't they didn't really have any other players other than that. It's actually funny. The guy that plays in this game has three disposals, two kicks, one handball, one mark, uh, is actually one Simon O'Donnell. So Simon O'Donnell played St Kilda in 1982 and 1983. Um, and then obviously went on to play Test and One Day Cricket for Australia. Uh, Grant Thomas was actually in this side for St Kilda. So that was... Uh, the year where Tomo played a little bit at uh, the Saints so it was interesting um, and then yeah basically another game that the previous game before that was actually Collingwood St Kilda at Waverley uh, it must have been Queen's birthday because it was on a Monday uh, 72,669 ventured out to Waverley that day it probably would have been cold uh, the scores were 14, 13, 97 St Kilda Collingwood 18, 23, 131 uh, again, Collingwood lead at all changes. Uh, some notable players from St Kilda that day. As I said, Trevor Barker, Graham Bond, who... Uh, Barry Breen was still playing at the time. Barry Breen, that was... Um, he'd been the, the bloke who kicked that point, bloody hell, um, in 1966 in the grand final. So he was he was still playing at St Kilda at the time. Carl Dittrich, who... If anyone goes back and has a look, Carl Dutrich was a bloke who used to just whack blokes off the ball, basically. Uh, and Russell Green ended up at Hawthorne. Was a, it was a start at Hawthorne. He started his career at St Kilda, and that's, when he, that's where he was playing at the time. It was uh, old Russell Green. Uh, can't really, can't really see any other players that I note. So yeah, St Kilda about the back then were pretty crap. I think anyone anyone will tell you that. Um, Collingwood that day, interesting, a few interesting players. Seventy eight. So that was that was actually Phil Carmen's last season at Collingwood. So fabulous Phil. He has twenty three disposals, kicks three goals. Andrew Ireland, uh, rugged defender. He ended up being the, the CEO of Sydney and the Brisbane Brisbane Lions and the, and the Brisbane M, uh, Brisbane Bears. Sorry. Later on, Renee King kicked four goals from 19 disposals. 
Uh, Stan Magro was playing that day. If anyone's had it as a look, Stan Magro uh, literally blew, like, I've never seen it. Like, he genuinely smacked Alex Sheselinko straight in the chin. Don't know what year it was, maybe 1976, I'd like to say. Like, literally smacked him one, probably one of the best left or right hooks you've ever seen. Um, it's still a bit of a bit of a strange era coming with the, around this time. So Peter Moore, he plays 13 disposals for three goals. Len Thompson is still first ruck at Collingwood. So he kicks a goal at 17 hitouts uh, from his uh, sorry from his uh, from from his game and kicks a goal. Ronnie Weirmouth still at Collingwood. Max and Wayne Richardson and even Ray Shaw. So by three or four years later, all these guys have gone. Like I think. In 83, Tomo, Len Thompson, actually comes back on the board at Collingwood. Uh, so he, he actually left Collingwood at the end of 1978. Uh, did did Len Thompson. Unfortunately, I think it was due to the fact that uh, the club didn't want to pay him any more money, uh, which is which is why I did. Um, and yeah, Phil, uh, other guys, Phil Manasseh, who, who ran uh, the length of uh, the length of the, uh, the MCG, basically, to keep that goal in the... The 1977 grand final replay, even though Collingwood were getting absolutely spanked, um, so he was he was there as well. But yeah, that was the uh, that was the that was the Collingwood uh, lineup that day. King kick four, Peter Moore kick three, Ronnie Weirmouth kick two, Phil Carmen kick three. So you see, this side's got the, the makings of a very good football side. Unfortunately, they just weren't ever able to, I guess, capitalise and, and win that one grand final. But uh, everyone kind of wanted Collingwood to win, so it's just one of those uh, one of those shit sort of things where Collingwood close but not close enough. Um, look, I hope everyone has a good Queen's birthday. Wanted to give a big shout out. I know Queen's birthday is normally time for go to the footy. I'll talk a bit more about it on Monday. Uh, but go and buy one of those like Freeze M and D beanies because Neil Danaher he's a great man um, and what he's doing for. For fighting MND is for a great course. So I hope everyone goes out and uh, supports that. Um, but yeah, have a safe long weekend and um, yeah, enjoy yourselves and hope you enjoy the 9 podcast.